0: Hello everyone and welcome to Thriving Through Adaptive Leadership, a podcast created to help you address complex challenges in your community or organization by growing and thriving as an adaptive leader. My name is Brandy Walker and I'm faculty at the JW Fanning Institute for Leadership Development, a unit of public service and outreach at the University of Georgia. I'll be your host as we explore various aspects of adaptive leadership through our podcast. For this episode entitled Diagnosing Adaptive Challenges, A Conversation with an Adaptive Leader, we will explore how to recognize the nuances of diagnosing adaptive challenges and address some common missteps that leaders may experience. Our conversation today is with Dr. Maritza soto keen also from the Fanning Institute, who will share her insights with us. Welcome Maritza, and thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Brandy, it's my pleasure. So Maritza, tell our listeners a little about yourself. Well,
1: I spent 17 years in the nonprofit sector working in Atlanta with a nonprofit serving the Latino community. Part of the organization's mission was to build partnerships and bridges with the larger community. I spent almost the same amount of time at the University of Georgia at the Fanning Institute. In this role, I have the opportunity to talk with leaders across all walks of life, better understand their perspectives, and also to impart knowledge around leadership. Also, Brandy, over the years, I've learned the importance of recognizing when to diagnose a situation as an adaptive challenge. As leaders, we may very well see a technical solution, which is good and may work. But if the people with the problem or the people who are affected by the issue don't buy into it, then being
0: right about a technical solution doesn't really matter. Great point. So can you tell us a story about a situation where a leader maybe missed the diagnosis of an adaptive challenge and went for a technical solution instead? Okay, sure. Here's one. So there was a nonprofit that had been working with a program for
1: quite some time, but the leader recognized that this program didn't really fit the nonprofit's mission. Also, it wasn't a financial fit. It was what we call low mission and low money. After much thought and deliberation within the nonprofit, the leader came to the conclusion that the program was a better fit for another organization. So that leader met with the other nonprofit to make sure the program could be successfully moved. This included a discussion with the funding source to be sure the money can be moved as well. A timeline was created and approved by both organizations And both boards approved the plan. Sounds like it's going smoothly so far. Yeah, so far so good, right? Well, all of those were technical solutions to what the leader identified as a technical problem. Because next, the leader went to the constituents who were served by the program to tell them that their program was being moved from nonprofit A to nonprofit B and emphasize how much more nonprofit B could do for them. And how this was all taken care of. The new enhanced services in nonprofit B would begin with the new fiscal year a few months away. Well, in less than a week, nonprofit leader A received a letter from constituents saying that they felt abandoned. And they were incredulous hurt and disappointed that the organization that had served them for so long would do this they weren't at all impressed that they would receive better services from the other nonprofit. They made it clear to Leader A that they were emotionally attached to Nonprofit A, and they didn't want
0: to move. Uh-oh. So did the leader even see this response coming? Not at all. Hmm. So what happened next?
1: Well. After this response, the leader realized that everything that was done as a technical solution had to be undone. What was more important to the constituents was not that a better service could be provided, but that they stayed part of an organization that they were connected to and that they
0: loved. So did that leader survive this mistake? Yes, she did, Brandy, and that leader was me. Ha ha. All right. So tell us what you've learned, because you're obviously a fabulously successful adaptive leader now. Well,
1: you know, the constituents were senior citizens in our community that we had served for years. Nonprofit B, that on the nonprofit, was providing transportation to medical appointments, grocery shopping, and other services that we couldn't provide them. In the new proposed place, they were going to be getting new services that they really needed. On the surface, it looked like a great solution, but that solution took away their sense of belonging and their loss was huge.
0: Of course, understanding their loss is such an important tenet of adaptive leadership.
1: Yes, exactly, Brandy. Obviously, I did not have all the answers or any of the answers for that matter. I had forgotten about the importance of co-creating solutions to get the buy-in of those who have to live with the solutions. So I had to go back to my team and do more work on our end to repair the relationship and rebuild the trust. And then we had to take extra steps to get transportation for them from the
0: other organization. So if you had to do this all over again, what would you do differently? Well, you know, first of all, I would slow down. I
1: would first talk with the clients and tell them that we were looking for ways to provide them with better services. And I would introduce the other organization slowly into the mix. I would bring together the community and the new organization and work over a six to nine month period where the clients would be just as comfortable with the new solution as they were with us. So it would be more time more possible
0: solutions
1: and definitely more
0: stakeholder input engaging multiple perspectives letting people with a problem work with you towards a solution huh exactly to me it was clearly a technical issue
1: of which organization can best serve the client group i missed the signs that it was really an adaptive challenge
0: Right. Recognizing an adaptive challenge is so important, and part of what we covered in our first episode is foundational. So, tell us what were some of the indicators that it was an adaptive challenge?
1: Well, for one, there was an agreement on what the problem actually was. You have to get outside of your own head to recognize that there are different interpretations of the problem, and enlist others to help you diagnose the problem. That I did not do. So, you see, I named it as a technical problem that was related to transportation. And the people with the problem saw it as a trust and relationship problem. We named it differently.
0: Right, because a technical problem is usually easier to identify and diagnose, but those adaptive challenges are harder to put your finger on, and even naming it and identifying what that real issue is, is part of the challenge. Right, Brandy. And another indicator that it was
1: really an adaptive challenge was that at that point we had different values. I was valuing efficiency, streamlined services, better aligning our people with the mission of our organization and how to best use our resources. All these things came from a really good place. The reason they valued our nonprofit as a service provider was not because of those things. They valued the bonds and those relationships. The lesson that I learned from this particular group of
0: constituents was what they valued. So when you think you have a surefire technical solution, what do you do to make sure that you're not missing something? So before you move forward with decision making, check in with the people who have to live
1: with the solutions provided the adaptive leader needs to ask for input and be prepared to really listen to what others have to say. This is a great
0: way to make sure you're not missing something. Got it. But there are of course situations where being the expert is important and the leader has the right solution without consulting with everyone, right? Of course. For example, if you're a
1: pilot landing a plane, you're the expert and you don't consult with the folks on the plane. But, When you are dealing with communities in which constituents need to buy into the solution in order for it to work you need to acknowledge how to get their buy-in and hear their perspectives and those perspectives can help you craft a better more effective solution
0: great points so can you summarize for us the lessons that you learned absolutely so the first lesson is involve those that are affected by the issues or circumstances
1: early. They can help you see what you have missed and are part of the solution. Second, understanding that there are nuances around adaptive leadership and that a problem can have technical elements and adaptive ones. It's important to distinguish between the two and then proceed to do the work. And third, learn when you're in it. Get on and off the balcony and into the fray. This will help an adaptive leader see challenges from a better vantage point and identify them as they really are. And
0: what was critical for me was recognizing how I contributed to the problem. Well, Dr. Maritza soto thank you so much for sharing your experience as a leader who at one point missed the signs of an adaptive challenge and the really important lessons that you learned along the way to becoming a fabulously successful adaptive leader. It's definitely a powerful point that trust and relationship building are often at the heart of adaptive leadership. And to all of you listening, we invite you to join us in our next episode as we continue to explore lessons in adaptive leadership. On behalf of the JW Fanning Institute for Leadership Development, thank you for listening to our Thriving Through Adaptive Leadership podcast. We hope this podcast will help you build your capacity to address complex challenges in your community or organization by growing and thriving as an adaptive leader.